0: Welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am super excited about today's episode because I know you are in for a treat. Our guest today is from Toronto, Canada, and although she was earning six figures at her corporate insurance job, she decided to make meaning more important than money. She took the courageous leap into ladypreneurship and now helps others do the same. In today's episode, you are going to hear her story, her transitions, how she took that leap of faith, but also how she teaches and trains her clients to build online through social media, sales funnels, marketing tips, and the tips and tricks on how she takes somebody from an idea into full-blown execution and action. You are going to want to take notes today, so let's get into the episode and welcome Tanya Connor Green to the Dreamcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to speak to you.
0: I know. Me too. So I know you were a corporate commercial insurance broker for several years, and you like to say that you were a prisoner. <laughs> and it was soul suck- sucking the soul out of you. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you did prior to what you're doing now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was working in a um, commercial insurance company, And I always describe it as like we were gambling with the company's money because it was a lot of looking at risks and deciding if we wanted to do them and at what terms. However, it felt like I wasn't really making a difference in the world. I was really just making the company money. And that was my whole purpose was like, what risks can you do to make the company the most money? And then they'll tell you when you can leave the office. They'll tell you how many times a day you need to come here. Or what time you can leave, how much vacation you have, when you can go on vacation, if you can go for that amount of time, even if you have that amount of time. And, and your income is limited by do they want to give you a bonus? Do they want to give you a promotion? So yeah, it was, it was great because I enjoyed the people aspect, but I didn't enjoy the working for somebody else, somebody telling me what to do all the time.
0: Right. Uh, How long did you work for them?
1: So I worked for a couple of companies but um, I was in insurance for about seven or eight years. uh, And I worked for the company where I was when I left for about two years.
0: Okay. And why did you choose insurance to begin with?
1: My family was in it. So it was an easy in. And to be honest, when I first started, I was really young. I was still in university or college and um, they gave me my summer jobs there. And I was like, Oh my God, it's so much fun because insurance is all about people, especially because it's commercial insurance. So it's not like every person's house or every person's car. You really need to schmooze people, which is really fun when you're really young and you want to go out and schmooze people. As you get a little bit older, it's not as fun anymore. You're like, I don't want to spend my free time because I have such limited free time schmoozing people. Absolutely. After a while,
0: you're like, I'd rather be curled up on the couch watching Netflix with my dog and my family.
1: Absolutely, exactly. I don't want to be. And also, like, if you have to drink, then you have to also work. Not my cup of tea.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So you got to this place where you were like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, But how did you transition into what you're doing
1: now? It's funny. We just talked about this, my podcast co host and I, because I had met him five years before I started my business. And he, when I first started working, he, was an online entrepreneur. So he could do whatever he wanted. And he would call me at the office and say, Hey, do you want to go snowboarding today? And I'd be like, Are you nuts? I have a job. I can't just take off because there's powder today. So i that was the first little inkling of me being like, hmm, maybe there's something else I could possibly do because my whole family was in insurance. That's all that I really knew. And so when he put that little seed in my brain, I was constantly looking for little ways of like starting your own business to have that freedom and flexibility to do whatever you wanted, whether it was to go snowboarding on a weekday or to go traveling, etc. So that was the first little seed. But I think when I went through a really bad breakup, I was just really looking at my life thinking I'm 25 or 26. And is this going to be my whole life? I'm going to go to this job for 8 hours a day. I'm going to come home, maybe watch TV, make dinner and then go to sleep and then do it all over. Like this is going to be my life and maybe go on vacation for two weeks a year for the rest of my life. I can't. That just doesn't seem like you're actually getting to live life. So I was looking for different ways. And when that happened with my breakup, I was really searching for like something to create meaning in my life. And when I was like going through bad times, I was. I watched Brene Brown, um, her TED Talk on the power of vul- vulnerability. And that really shifted my mindset around things. And then I looked into a coaching certification. I did my coaching certification for a year and a half. And then slowly, as I really learned about how much I loved coaching people and how powerful coaching can be for helping people shift and empower people, that was when I was like, I would rather do this than that. I'm really good at doing this but I am better and I'm purpose. Like I have a purpose when I'm coaching people, I'm making the world a better place. I'm helping people. And that felt like more important than what I was doing in the insurance company.
0: It's interesting that we truly do sometimes just kind of fall into our careers because that's what quote unquote, everyone is doing or the world that we know. But when you start learning about other options, dreams can start developing in your heart and you know you're kind of like I didn't even know about this as being an option but once you started learning you realized you were really connected to it
1: it is exactly the truth because we were just talking about how I feel like we get kind of brainwashed to believe that these are the only options you either work in a corporate company or you're a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever but a firefighter, a policeman, but nobody ever really teaches you in school that you can do something else. And if you don't have anyone in your life that you see doing it and you see being successful, you never know that that is an option. So that was certainly what happened for me. My parents were successful, but they were successful in the corporate setting. And I thought that's what I would go to school, get a good job, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder, and that would be your life. Somewhere along the way, I was like, uh-uh, there are other options. I see other options. And I just need to figure out how I can make that something I want to do.
0: So it sounds like too, it wasn't just a weekend decision. And all of a sudden, life is different. You spent a few years preparing, planning, going, you know, getting your certification so that you could have a way out.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think at the beginning, I didn't really think I was going to ever leave my job. Because at the time, I actually enjoyed my job. It was only when I realized something else that I could be doing that was better when I started to be like, mm, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this. I actually like this more. But certainly when you're thinking that, it doesn't happen overnight. And certainly the business building part doesn't happen overnight. But it's possible to build your entire business while still working in your job. And that's that's what I did. Because also because my parents were very concerned about what was happening they were they didn't know any about this so they were like what are you doing you have this amazing job you make over six figures you're like in your mid 20s and why would you leave that and so i built my business to be making more money than what i was making in my corporate job before i left okay okay
0: yeah it's true that Meaning over money, uh, it will trump every time when, you know, you were successful in corporate in the world's eyes, right? You were, you had a high profile job. You are working with all these community people. You are making good money, but it wasn't
1: filling you. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you that I love that meaning over money 110%. I would always choose meaning over money. And I think that that was part of what happened was that I would say things like the money is not even that important to me. The fact that I don't get to live my life is much more important to me. I'm just going to... Because also you make all this money to do what? I couldn't spend it. I didn't have anything to spend it on. I couldn't go on vacation. What are you going to buy things and fill your house? like? I already had nice things. What was I going to do with it? So Mm -hmm. it didn't really matter. They could have paid me tons of money to stay and I would never would have stayed.
0: So what is it that you do now?
1: So now I'm an online business coach. So I help women start and build online businesses. So, and I think the important thing is everyone sees on the outside that they probably think it's like all social media and oh this person has so many followers and they're just making a lot of money and that's not the case. A lot of people that have lots of followers are not making that much money and people that don't have a lot of followers are making tons of money. So it's not always just about the followers or the likes or the comments. It's actually about the back end system of how are they making money in their business and are they making money? How are they getting clients? Because if you're always hustling for clients, then or team members in your um, instance, and like helping people make sales, that's not going to be sustainable, you're going to be doing that forever. And so you need to build a system that does that for you. And thank you, social media for doing that. And thank you for the internet. But if you build a system that does that for you, you're consistently making sales, you're consistently building new team members, and growing your business without you having to do all the work.
0: Interesting. So you help people on the front end, the sales or the social media front end, but then also the back end with the sales funnel, the um, system so that things can be a bit more automated.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that way, like they're making money and they can still live. And they can still make an impact and they can still have fun. And their money isn't tied to their time. That's a big one. We try to remove the time aspect. You don't want to trade more time for money because that's what we were doing in our corporate jobs. And so looking for ways to build systems and create impact and help people or give people what they want, but also have a life, have freedom, have flexibility. Absolutely. Be able to spend time with your kids.
0: Right, right. And, And creating something that's sustainable because we can't be burning the candle at both ends all the time, right?
1: And you see that all the time. You see people burning out. And I, I mean, I haven't fully like burnt out, but I've been tired or exhausted. And some people, when they're tired and exhausted, want to throw in the towel. And that's generally when you really don't want to throw in the towel. So looking at what are ways that I can be building this out. And I think that's also what helps you sustain that working and um, building your business at the same time is seeing that there's like an end point, knowing that like there's a specific time and a specific amount of money. That you can leave your job, and if you can see that, it makes it a lot easier. Like, I'll be honest. At the beginning, when I first started building my business, I was working my corporate job, but I also had um, a group program, and I also had one-on-one clients. And I sometimes did work till three a.m. in the morning and have to get up for work at eight thirty. That did happen. That's obviously not sustainable. But right at the end, I mean, I was leaving my job, so my business had gotten really big, and My job had gotten really busy. And so it was tough to juggle both. But I knew there was a specific end date. So I think that helps. is like giving yourself a deadline. Deadlines are key with an online business or with a business at all. You need deadlines. Otherwise, you're like, Oh, I'll do that tomorrow.
0: It's funny being your own boss, isn't it? Because you have to be your own boss.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Sometimes um, some of my team members, I actually ask them to give me deadlines. So if they're doing something for me, I'll say, Okay, what is the deadline for this? So that I have to get them something and they have to get it done. And we're all keeping on track because all of them have their own business too.
0: Well, I'd like to talk about both things. You talked about the front end, social media, and then the back end. So let's first start on the front end, social media, live videos. What are some ways that you're coaching people to gain some traction?
1: So I think that live video is so incredible right now because one, you're going to get your reach out to a lot more people. Now that more people are using social media, more people are... You know, not getting as many people to see their stuff. And with all the algorithms, et cetera, et cetera, it's harder to get new people to see your content. And live video is a really easy way to get your face, your message, your voice out there to more people. The algorithm will show it to more people, but also when people see you, when they can hear you, it's much different than reading a post. And I think it's really easy for all of us to write things on social media and think, Oh my God, but I'm writing all of this incredible content, but it's not getting out to people. And you know, people are busy. Like I write really long posts on my social media and like really, I don't expect anybody to read all of it, but I can't expect most people to read it because people are busy. They're not going to be sitting there reading like paragraphs and paragraphs. They're scrolling. So a video is a really good way to get the message to them immediately and to set yourself apart. Because for the people who aren't doing video, the people they don't see, the people they don't know, it's going to put you in front of them. And they're going to feel like they have built a connection with you, especially if you're sharing vulnerably, which is something I teach my clients is to share stories about yourself, to show when you were struggling, not just the happy parts. Because I mean, not that we want to be negative, but I mean, that's all we see on social media is everybody's like highlight reel. And I think that, especially in my space with an online business, probably also with your space, is that they need to see that people are struggling. What they're going through is not weird. It's not just them. It's part of the process. And so when we share more of that, people feel more connected to you. And then they can, they believe that you can help them because you've been where they've been.
0: I was just going to ask, what are some things, what are some like really good topics that you would recommend for live videos?
1: Mm, So my favorite one is always just to share your story. So share your story in service of other people. So where were you? What, what shifted? So what was the big shift? So for me, it might have been a breakup or, um, learning or working with certain clients or wanting more flexibility and being told my vacation was like not approved stuff like that. If you share those stories about yourself of like where you were, what was, what you were struggling with, what shifted for you? How did you make the change? And then where are you now? Because it shows people if you were where if they are where you were, they will feel like you can help them get to where you are. And if anyone says that they don't look at that, they do. People are looking at are you where they want to be? And you just shared this on your last um, episode about or your last post about mentors, looking for someone who is where you want to be is a great place to start. Because if they aren't where you want to be, then they're likely not going to be able to support you in getting to where you want to be if they've never been there. Not always, but mostly.
0: Well, and I think that you can share your story in several different ways. I love that because I think people remember stories, they can picture themselves in the story. And instead of just giving them facts, you're increasing in connecting and emotionally connecting with them, which means that they're going to feel something when they watch your videos.
1: Totally. And I always say like, that's why brands use an actress or a famous person because we connect with people, we connect with them and their story. If we like them, then we're going to be more inclined to watch their commercial or buy their product. And that's like the same ordeal with live videos and sharing your story. And I definitely agree with you. Stories are what people remember. And there are so many things that happen from where you were to where you are now. So many shifts that you went through, you can find so many stories within that entire journey. You might tell one more than others, but There will be a lesson in all of those things that you went through and you can give inspiration and hope or faith, I usually like faith instead of hope, but faith, that where they are is not where they need to be forever. They can make a change. They can get to where you are. Like one of the things I share with my clients all the time is I wasn't, like I'm not that far ahead of them. I think a lot of people look at me and they see only the parts of like, Oh, you have this entire system, you built this business, you quit your job in a year. But I didn't know any of this stuff in November of 2016. So I just learned it a year and a half ago. And if I'm only a year or a year and a half ahead of them, it's not going to be that long for them to learn that either.
0: That's powerful. I do. I think sometimes people put us on a pedestal and mm-hmm. instead of realizing like, oh, I can be like that too, which is why I love the power of stories and sharing that struggle, that internal struggle um, to recognize that we're all the same. We've just decided we wanted something and went for it.
1: And I, I always use that example with them, we're all the same as like when you pick up those gossip magazines, they all have that section of like, they're just like us. Like famous people are just like you. Anybody that you think is an idol or you put on a pedestal or you want to be like, they are exactly like you. They are a human being. They were where you are. And they probably struggle with similar things that you struggle with. And you can get to there if you start now. If you don't start, you're not going to get there. Absolutely. You need to start now. Yeah.
0: So one last question about live videos. We know it's it's Helpful to do them. We want to tell stories. We want to um, evoke emotion and really connect with our audience. What is a good action step? Because I feel like a lot of times we can go live, but it doesn't necessarily mean more business.
1: So great question. Cause so that was the part of in service of them. I am a big believer in selling is serving. If you don't talk about what you can offer or what you can help them with or what they can purchase from you, you haven't helped them. You've literally just spent some of their time or wasted some of their time telling them the story, but they have no next step. They need a next step in order for them to not stay stuck. So if you like, let's say you want to sell them a supplement or let's say you want to sell them an online program or even mentorship or coaching or something like that, a service, you need to tell them what can they purchase from you? What is that going to do for them? Because I like to talk about not just like the features, not what are they going to get in terms of like sessions or products or, But what is the result of using those products? What is the result of getting that coaching? What is the result of the service? How is it going to change or impact their life in the future? Not, I don't really care if I get five sessions with you or I don't really care if like you're going to give me all of these supplements. Like I care about what is the result going to be? So speak about what's possible, what's going to change for them and give them a, how can they get that? Like, and you have to be very direct. You can't say like, oh, you can message me. That's too airy-fairy, as I like to say. Give them a specific direction. Send me a direct message right now saying blank. I'd love to work with you. Or type in the comments right now that I'm watching the replay. I'm watching the replay. Or type in the comments right now I'm in. So you have to be very direct. I know it sounds ridiculous, but... If you don't tell people, click here, comment below and like put an arrow or send me a message now. Click here to email me now or click here to purchase now. It, they don't feel like it's directed at them.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? And I've noticed the same thing. If we're too broad, nothing happens. But if we say... Do this next. People are more apt to say, okay. I mean, that's why you'll see on all the YouTube videos, they say, subscribe, leave a comment, like, you know, all of the things because we need to be told and, but we're really good at following directions.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're very good at following directions if we're told what to do. Cause if you say, oh, reach out to me soon or reach out to me in the next week, they're going to forget. They're busy. They're getting distracted. Everything is distracting us 24 hours a day. And so that you only have a small window of opportunity to catch their attention and to capture their attention. So tell them what to do next and tell it to them pretty early on in the movie, in the movie, in the live video, I would say. I would tell them to have some sort of direction in case they don't watch all the way to the end. If they don't watch till the end, give them some sort of call to action in the first one minute, I would say.
0: That's really helpful because I think a lot of times it's easy to give the whole thing, give your whole spiel, give your whole story, talk about the benefits and then say, now if you want it, do this. When in fact, we should probably be saying that a few times throughout the live.
1: Exactly. Especially because Facebook Live wants you to do longer lives. But most people are not going to watch your live video for the full 20 minutes in one sitting. They might come back to it. But if they don't get to the full 20 minutes or the full 15 minutes or even the full 10 minutes, give them something within the first minute for them to reach out or take that next step.
0: How often do you feel like lives are would be good? What's a good goal?
1: The more often, the better, I would say. I do them once a week. So I also think that's a really great point that you just pointed out is you want to be doing it consistently. At the beginning, I was terrified. I can't even describe in words how terrified. I would literally cry blackout. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And my first live video was about my fear of doing live video. And so I remember... And I still feel nervous about it sometimes still, because you care. But I started with saying, Okay, I'm going to do it every single week on Tuesday. And every single week on Tuesday, I showed up. Now telling somebody is also helpful so that you have that some accountability attached to it. And telling your audience is also really helpful. But, oh, I always do a live video on Tuesdays. At the beginning, I just did the same day, especially because I was working. So it was really hard to know when would I get home from work? When would I be able to do the video? But, and then once I left work, I do it at the same time every single Tuesday. So I do it on Tuesdays at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Because 4 o'clock is kind of a good time, Eastern Standard, 1 o'clock in Pacific Standard, and 9pm um, in the UK. So that's kind of why I chose that also. It's a good time throughout, which is something to look at. But I also think it's important that you actually tell your audience. Again, this goes back to telling them what to do. Join me at this time. Give them a reminder of this is when I'm going to be live. This is what I'm going to be talking about. And then give them a 5-minute reminder. I'm going to be live in five minutes. Come join me. Click here to join me now. And so that will get a lot more people on. Obviously, at the beginning, I did not want people on there. You're like, I'm going to go live to practice.
0: So I'll tell you later.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I don't want anyone there because then I'm going to get all flustered, which I'm sure I did many times. But the thing is, live video is so much easier than doing recorded video, which I think people think is better. But it's way easier to do live because you literally have to keep going. So if you make a mistake, you're like, whoops, that was bad. Or let me try that one again. No, just make it a joke. Like roll it, let it roll off your shoulders. Don't make a big deal of like, oh my gosh, I just did such a bad job. I need to start this again. I have done that though, where I'm like, I just screwed up the time that my program starts or when I'm going to be doing that webinar or when this is available for purchase. I've definitely screwed that up. So I have done it again. I'll be like, whoops, I need to start that mm-hmm. one again. Join me on the next one. Um, but I try not to do that. If I make a mistake, I just make a joke of it. And I keep on going.
0: One more thing about live videos is... Uh, what about the interaction? I remember I, I w- have done videos and webinars and things for several years. And then they came out with live and I started talking and people started talking back. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Bah. <laughs> quickly shut it off. <laughs> and so of course I've learned now to like hang out and respond to comments or interact with people. Um, how important is the interaction on a live?
1: Such a good question. Okay, so it's so important if you want it to get out to more people. Now I do put my um, videos on a video views ad, but in terms of if you're looking for the most organic reach, Facebook wants the most engagement. It's important that you get engagement Early in your video, if Facebook's going to show it to more people, put it on more people's newsfeed. If they didn't say, if they didn't like see your email or your post about joining you, it might show up on their newsfeed if it was getting a lot of engagement. So you want to get people commenting, and I actually build that into my live video. So I don't really script out my live videos because I would for sure not remember anything that I wrote, but I put down little points that I want to hit, um, especially if I like. Want to save the best one for last, which is what you should always do. Save the best point for last, the juiciest one. Um, but also build in questions. And I also use my live videos to put on YouTube after I edit them and then um, put them on YouTube. So you do want to ask questions that people that on other networks can also engage in. Let's say you're going to use the video again. Can they also answer those questions? Sometimes you'll ask like, where is everybody from? Or who's on? Say hi if you're on. So that you can one, get engagement, two, so that you can actually talk to those people. But asking questions that people can actually answer, or even saying, put a one or a five if you agree with this, or putting a specific emoji if you um, are in, or putting your hand up or something like that. But getting some people commenting, asking questions, answering questions, so that you're increasing the engagement. And then also opening it up to them. If they're, if they have something they want to ask. I used to do a Q&A Tuesday. I would do Truth Tuesday, but when it was Q&A, I would say, bring your questions, even though I still do that. Bring your questions. I'd love to answer them. This is your opportunity to get specific support in something that you're struggling with. And so when they'll ask the question, it also is great for you as a leader, you as um, an expert, because when you answer those questions, it shows how much you know or how knowledgeable you are. Or who you are or how you can help them. And even if you don't know the answer, you can say, Hey, that's a great question. Like, I'll g- jump back on you, jump back to you. And that's an opportunity to actually start a personal conversation with that person. They've clearly, they're clearly interested getting them on the phone or building a deeper relationship with them. So getting that engagement, one helps them feel more connected to you and makes them feel like they know you. You can actually support them. They'll feel like you're an expert and that will also open up opportunities for them to work with you or purchase from you or join you.
0: And then would you say that anybody who likes, comments, engages is somebody you'd want to follow up with afterwards?
1: I do. I have a rule about that on Instagram and Facebook. Is like if somebody comments, even if it's a bot, even if it's just a emoji, reply. You don't know if that's a bot. you don't know who that person is, and maybe even if it is a bot, when you reply, they'll start a conversation with you. So it's good practice one for engagement. Again, it shows it to more people both on Instagram and on Facebook. If more people are engaging, so more comments, more like even on YouTube, on um, Twitter, all of those is more comments, Pinterest, more comments, more organic reach. So answering those questions or comments or replying creates more engagement. Plus, if you create, if you ask them a question... If you start more of a conversation, dig deeper, ask them something more about themselves to start a conversation in the comments even. And then if they seem like a dream team member or a dream client, then I would follow up with them.
0: Awesome advice. So mm-hmm. live videos are definitely something we want to consistently add to our weekly calendar. And mm-hmm. I have learned to actually put it in my calendar because same very rarely am I like, Oh, I'm inspired. To talk about this, you know what I mean? So I'll plan it out in my week and, um, and I, I I do it sometimes when I'm in the car line to get my son because I know I've got at least, you know, 10, 15 minutes where I'm gonna be in the line. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And people like like that, right? If they're, Mm -hmm. if you're always doing it, like I follow these ladies called Cat and Nat. If you don't follow them, they're awesome. They're moms and they do exactly that. They're doing like videos. Now it's not live videos, but they're doing videos in the car. So, it doesn't matter where you are. I think that's the joy of live video. Like, if you're somebody in your car, if you're out, it's even better than if you're like behind a blank white wall. Like, that's more interesting and shows more of you. I think that's also the key is that with Instagram stories or Instagram live or Facebook live, it's not about being like sitting at a desk and looking like you're on a set. It's more, it's not, like it's not a television show. It's them coming a little bit into your space, getting to know you on a personal level and seeing you in that light. So you're also helping them, but you're being more more casual, not so contrived, I think. So I think it's great. Yeah, if you can do it in the car, amazing. Wherever you can do it, just doing it consistently is going to build a following. People will be more inclined to join you if they know you're going to be live at the same time, the same day.
0: Awesome. Now you talked a bit about the back end systems as well, sales funnels, systems where people can either request information or ask for more details, and you are have kind of have some of the follow up being done for you. Uh, tell us a bit more about what a sales funnel is and how you would use it.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think a sales funnel, the key is that people need to see you a couple of times before they're going to purchase from you, join you, care about you, even believe you. So. And now with all the distractions, it's even more times that they need to engage with you. So one, your email list is certainly... I call it an insurance policy because Facebook can cancel your account. Instagram, YouTube, anything can happen. And you can lose all of those followers. And you'll have to start from the beginning. And so the only thing that you own is your email list. You have those people's contact information. So I consider it to be an insurance policy. It's not the only thing we use, but it's certainly something you want to have in case something else happens. And then because you don't have to deal with the algorithm in your email box. So you know for a fact they're going to see it, whether they open it is their own prerogative. But Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Pinterest or YouTube are not going to decide who gets to see your content and who doesn't. So when you provide something to them, one, you're creating that relationship you are now have their contact information so you can follow up with them. Then you can create automated emails. And even I connect my Facebook ads to this specific stage of my sales funnel they're in, in my email. So the email and the Facebook ads that they're seeing are the same. So they're seeing it in their email box, they're seeing it on Instagram, they're seeing it on Facebook, so that you're getting in front of them more often and they're more inclined to contact you purchase from you watch your videos join whatever you're doing if they're seeing you constantly so it's good to build that relationship it's good to create more sales but it's also good to nurture whatever like whatever stage they're at because i'm sure even with you guys with multi-level marketing people hear about it and it plants the seed but like me it might be five years before they decide to do anything about that so You want to stay in front of them so that you're at the top of their mind when they get to the stage where they're like, okay, I'm ready. And if you're not, somebody else who's at the top of their mind is going to be the person that they go to.
0: Absolutely. And what I love is when you have some of these systems in place, then they're going to see you over and over and over and over again. But it's... No more work on your end, you know you are getting people to to get in you're asking them to opt into your email list you're setting it all up well once hopefully i'm sure you're always revamping but but then they're consistently seeing you on facebook uh, in their email, but yet you're on vacation
1: mm-hmm, exactly and that's a great point that you brought up about like you 're always revamping like i 've been using the same lead magnet since last since two thousand and 16, like the fall of 2016. So I set that up. And yeah, I've made changes to it, the design, maybe some of the emails and stuff like that. But I'm constantly tweaking because I'm getting that information. Who's opening the emails? Who's not? Who's clicking on them? like What things are converting and what things aren't? And then I can tweak those things. But they're constantly working for me while I'm either working with clients or enjoying my life. And you're only building it out more. The more people you get in, the more information you have, the more you can tweak it, the, ma- the more you can make it better. So it builds over time, but again, starting somewhere, right? You have to start to get that system and you have to start to get that information. You can find out so much information. Like I sent out an email last weekend asking people like, what stage of business are you at? Are you starting, growing or scaling? And then I literally asked them to like click on things that they were looking for. So now I can create content that is specifically targeted to what they asked for. So they're more inclined one, because they just built that relationship to open my emails in the future. Plus they're more, they're going to be more relevant to what they desire, which only builds that relationship more. And if that helps them, again, that puts me in a seat for them to want to hire me or work with me. So you're building it out and getting more information from your own followers and lists and, um, that will eventually lead them to getting some support. I mean, even... I'm sure you must read books. Those people don't know who I am. Like Bernie Brown doesn't know who I am yet. Um, But she doesn't know who I am. But she's literally changed my life. So even if you never work with those people or meet them, those emails or that content that you provided could change their life. So it's like you're giving and you're getting...
0: Absolutely, yeah, I love that, and so you you create it once you then can scale it, uh, you can tweak it, but that's the beauty of you know the four hour work week in a
1: sense you're working smarter, not harder, yeah, that's exactly the first book that I read
0: yeah, it's a good one, so one thing you mentioned um, prior is that you have discovered a copywriting hack, like something to say in the emails in order to either evoke action or evoke emotion or action. So what what is this
1: trick? Well, I literally just get them to say like, I just say, click here or um, like giving them, I always think about give them a reason. If you don't, if there's no reason, like what are they going to get by clicking there? This video will change your life or this video will give you all the steps that you need to begin your online business or to um, join a team. Or to get your first clients, like give them a reason to click it, not just, I mean, if you can, not just saying like click here, but if they click there, then what? What is their result? So give them a reason to sign up. Give them a reason to click. Give them a reason to open your email. What are they going to get? I always say the best hack in my opinion for writing subject lines for emails is literally just go onto Google, type in the comment or type in the topic. Look for what are the first things that come up on Google or that's great for like video topics etc or go into your email look through your emails which one would you open why would you have opened that one like even a really funny one for like opening things is like if you put their name in the subject right if you make it more personal they're more likely to open it one of my friends while I was golfing this week said if my name isn't in the first two sentences I'm not reading the rest of it cuz it's not actually pertaining to me so make it personal, or make it appear personal, so that it gives them a reason to open it. And then with like copywriting, I my bit, best copywriting hack for anything is ask and use other people's language. So once we are in a different position, we literally don't remember what we were thinking about. What, how did we describe our problem before we read that book? Before you knew about mindfulness, how do you describe that? before you knew what meditation was. How did you describe going on a walk and losing your train of thought or losing your sense of time? We didn't know that was named flow. Like, you know, you're in a flow state. So not using like jargon from whatever you're doing. Like if you're using, if you're in a multi-level marketing company, not using jargon that might be specific to that. If you want to get people to join your team, what, how did they, how do they describe what they want? Rather than how do you describe what you want now or what you wanted then? Because if you use other people's language, it's the best way to actually connect with those people. And if you're like, I don't know how to get, how to use other people's language. Easy peasy. Go to people you follow are the major heavy hitters in your industry. Look through one, what are they writing about that's getting tons of engagement? Then go through the comments and see what people are commenting. Use those people's language in order to create it for your own business or to talk about how they describe their problem or what they desire. Go through and see other people's posts or videos that are getting a lot of engagement and people saying like me too, or like, yes, you totally hit that on the, hit the nail on the head. And that way you'll know what to talk about. Not like copying what they're doing, but even if you are like, I love Gabby Bernstein. And Gabby Bernstein talks a lot about A Course in Miracles. Well, she didn't write A Course in Miracles, but I listened to Gabby Bernstein. She didn't copy them. She's putting her own spin, her own stories on a a text that was written a long time ago. And likely, I have A Course in Miracles. And I definitely won't read it because it's very dense. So thank goodness that Gabby Bernstein shares with me what her take on A Course in Miracles is because I would never have gotten through that book if I hadn't listened to the things that she was sharing. And I might not have gotten those lessons if I wasn't listening to it from somebody who I resonated with. So putting your own spin on things will help people resonate with your story, not someone else's story or the way that they describe it. But how do you describe it? How do you feel about it? What shifted for you? What really hit the nail on the head for you? That's that's what I would do, Poppy.
0: Yeah, amazing. I'm going to re-listen to this myself and take lots of notes (laughs) because it sounds like you're really saying, be thoughtful, I Mm -hmm. I think so many times we're like, what am I thinking and feeling right now? Let me post it. And instead, the alternative is to truly sit down and say, what is the message that I want people to hear? What is the action I want them to take? What is the benefit that they're going to get out of it? And then craft a message, a post, uh, a video surrounding those answers. So you can really connect with them rather than
1: just spewing (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like you nailed that. (laughs) Summary done. Like you totally nailed that. You've summed up this entire episode into a couple of points. Yes. You definitely got it. Those are exactly what you need to do. Like I always think about that there's a real person behind that social media account. There's a real person behind that screen, whether it's on your phone or computer. Speak to that one person. Like build a relationship with that one person, not like creating it for everybody, but what do they want to hear? How can you connect with them? And if you connect with just one person at a time, believe me, it will spread because what's personal is universal. So if I'm feeling it, it's likely that there are other people that have felt like that. And if you can connect with just that person, that time, you'll actually be connecting with millions of people all over the world. So. Connecting with one person, focus on one person and speak to that one person and know that there's a real person. How can you help them? How can you be in service of them? What do they need to hear from you in order to shift into action and get out or get what they want?
0: I've heard it said that when you're writing a post or even on a podcast, thinking about one person on the other end, rather than hi, Facebook friends, or hi, everyone. You know, it's really like you're talking to one person because they're not in a room reading it or watching it or listening to it in a group. They're themselves. It's just you and them, to them. And so <laughs> really keeping that in mind when you're crafting.
1: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And, and like looking at just like, if you just speak to them, like what's general literally connects with nobody. Because you're trying to connect with so many people. So if you just speak to that one person, then they're going to feel like you're speaking to them. Like The best thing that people can say to you is, I felt like you were in my mind or I felt like you were only talking to me or you created that video for me because that spoke to everything that I was feeling. And if you can say that, they are really going to connect with you. And even when we do our podcast, I always think that like we're not making an announcement. We're just having a conversation. Build that deep relationship And make them feel special, make them feel heard, make them feel seen. And believe me, it people will be very attracted if they feel like it's personal. Mm -hmm.
0: That's the thing. I think if they feel like I like and trust her or him, and she's, you know, you're somebody that they want to hang around, they're more apt to keep coming back.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's great with like the social media aspect too, right? Like show them that, be that kind of person that they would want to hang out with in turn, so that they do want to hang out with you on your Instagram stories or on your Facebook lives. So make it fun and don't make it. So one of the easiest ones is like, if you're in corporate, it doesn't need to be corporate. You don't need to follow all the grammatical rules. It doesn't need to be so structured. Just be casual. How would you talk to your best friend? How would you describe that to your best friend? Like what would be, what would you be talking about if you were having this conversation with your best friend?
0: Awesome tips. Thank you. All right. Switching gears. I am curious. You mentioned a defining day exercise. I want to know what that is.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is a perfect, perfect point to ask me that because the defining day to me is going back into what you were feeling and thinking about back when you were in that place when you wanted to shift, right? What was the defining day that you said, I'm throwing in the towel or I'm doing this, I'm taking action. What was happening? And when you write, or when you do this exercise and go back there, you end up literally creating content that so many people resonate with, because they feel like you. So I have my clients like write a letter to themselves, like write a letter to that person or write a letter... Being that person again. And things like, what were you reading? This is such a funny one. Look back and think, what was I reading then? What books was I reading? What was I listening to? What were my favorite podcasts? Or what were my favorite YouTube videos? Or who did I follow on social media? Because it will give you some color as to what other people that are going to resonate with your story are feeling, thinking, reading. It also helps when you do Facebook ads, because If you know who they're following, you can also put that in as their audience. Um, If you know what stage of life they're at or what they're interested in, you can create Facebook ads and sales funnels and content for those people because that's where they are. So I think that if you look and write a letter, what was I feeling? What was that specific day? Like, Think back, what was I doing that day that I decided no more? Like, I know I was watching the video, The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. And I know that the day that I decided to start my business when I purchased my business license was I read the first chapter of Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. So I named my business Wholehearted Business Coaching after the very first chapter called Wholehearted Living. So what were... like, For example, Denise, what were you what were you doing the day you decided to start your business?
0: Oh, it's interesting you asked that. Um, I was working at community mental health. I had been a clinical psychologist for about 5 years and the first few years I was in a honeymoon stage you know I was like I'm going to change the world and then I slowly realized that just like you I was working a corporate job that was sucking the life out of me I would had too many clients overworked underpaid and I remember being at work and just thinking I'm wasting so much time I am not making a difference. I'm coming home drained. I'm no good to anyone. I'm working with people that don't really want help in a system that can't really help them. And we were already distributors for our company because my husband was the one that kind of got us started in that. But there was a time where I said, all right, I'm now on board because I can see the potential here versus my nine to five community mental health job.
1: And so I want to point out in that story, like there were so many points there That I was thinking me too. I felt like that too. So people, when you tell that story, will see themselves in your story. Maybe if they haven't been through that specific thing, maybe they haven't worked with people in um, mental health, but they did feel like they were coming home drained or they did feel like they weren't making a difference. And so even when you share a story that they didn't necessarily go through, they're still going to see themselves in your story and say, Oh, I was feeling like her and so maybe she can help me get out of this feeling that I'm having or get out of this situation or start my own business. So by telling your story and specifically being very specific about what you were feeling, what you were reading, what you were experiencing, what was happening at work that day. And like by doing that, you're going to connect with exactly those specific feelings, focusing on feelings that they also feel. So that's kind of how it all works, like going back to that defining day of what really was happening in your life when you made that change. I love
0: that really just does come full circle because the defining day exercise will help you to create your stories, create your content to draw people in to your experience or to the programs that you offer, the business that you have, because they are going to connect with you on lots of different levels. And that exercise can help you develop that content.
1: Mhm and it's a really great way also to look back on where you were and how far you've come because when people are struggling they seem to lose their confidence right if you're hearing a lot of no's or you're not getting anywhere you're not making a lot of money it feels like i'm not going to make it i'm not good at this i've not gotten anywhere i'm not an expert and or maybe i'm an imposter as a lot of my clients like to say and if you go back and look where were you and where are you now cuz one you probably have a lot more clarity on what you want to do than you did then. You don't feel as stuck, right? There are things that you're not going to feel. There are things that will have changed about your life and your outlook. And that way, when you look back, it also will give you a little boost of confidence (laughs) to see how far you've come.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a bit more about what services you provide and how people can find you.
1: Mm -hmm. So I am a online business coach for women entrepreneurs, and I help them grow their business by um, creating these systems like Facebook ads and sales funnels and also visibility. So getting the message out there. People can't find you. They can't hire you. They can't work with you, can't purchase from you. So getting out there. And so I, they can find me at my website at www.wholeheartedbusinesscoach.com. They can also find me on Facebook at Wholehearted Business Coach or on Instagram at Wholehearted Business Coach. We also have a podcast called the How We Hustle podcast. It's all about the struggles that we went through building our business. And it actually goes all the way back to when I was still in my 9-to-5 job. So you'll hear like the whole progression. And then what's working in our businesses, what we did to make the money, get the clients, set up the systems, and tips and tricks so that you can actually set those up as well. So it's called the How We Hustle podcast.
0: Absolutely. Check that out. How we hustle and any major podcast player and then wholeheartedbusinesscoach.com. And then I'm definitely going to check you out on Tuesdays because I want to hear your truth Tuesdays and how you do your lives. So then I can lovingly steal from you.
1: (laughs) I honestly, I hope you steal from me. I'm happy to help anybody and everyone like steal from me. I really don't care because I really truly believe that there is space for everyone and like just use the things that you learned in this in other things that you've done and put your own spin on it like put your own stories into that use these same concepts and um, help more people like I can't help everyone so get the message out use it I always love that. Like, steal from me. I'm, not, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> so thanks. I'm excited for you to join.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us, uh, if for somebody who's in that space right now, they don't like where they are, but they don't really know what else to do. They're in that kind of transition. Maybe they're a bit cloudy. They don't know what to do next. What advice would you have for them?
1: When my podcast co-host used to tell me this all the time, I used to get super annoyed. After I read the 4-Hour work week, he would say, I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, just keep thinking. And I would be like, oh, so I would really think about it. And I would look, I was constantly looking for what could be the right fit. And at the beginning, I definitely tried some other things. I did create an app, which I did finish and I never posted it because I didn't want to go in that direction. But if you just start with something, try it. If it doesn't work out, who cares? But if you love it, even if it's not working out or you're not making money, if you love it, you will be able to make money at it. But just start trying things on. It's like clothes. Like, I mean, I haven't gotten married. But if you do get married, you're like, Oh, I don't know what kind of wedding dress I want until I try it on. So try on different businesses. See if it's something that you resonate with and you want to do. And then know that you can change. You're allowed to change it up. Like, you know, if you're not dead, you're still allowed to change. So try things on. And if it fits, it fits. And if it fits for a little while, great. And if it fits for a, a longer while, even better. But just begin with something. Look for something. What, who do you follow? Who would you like to be like? What would you like to do? Even what seems like a pipe dream to you? Like, what would you lo- love to do? I mean, you can't get younger, right? You can't change bodies. You can't be a different, like, you can't, I mean, you could change your body, but you mean, you can't get into someone else's body. <laughs> so, and look at, like, who do you idolize or who do you follow? Who would you say, I'd love that to be my life and look for little steps that you can take itty bitty teeny tiny steps that you can take to begin, whether it's read their book, join their group, like watch their video, or maybe it's like they started in this start there. Like just look for opportunities, ask around, see what fits, like be curious. That's the best thing is be curious with yourself and with other people and look for opportunities rather than telling yourself because our words are powerful. If you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's nothing for me to do. I'm never going to have my online business. I'm going to be in corporate forever. Then yeah, that's what you're going to manifest. So be like strict with yourself and not allow yourself to say, I can't do this. Like can't should not be in your vocabulary. You can do anything that you want to do. I mean, whoever said that we could go and stand on the moon was crazy at one time. And somehow people believed in it so much so. That they did actually go to the moon. I mean, that must have been a crazy idea back in the day. And they did it. So that's the power of believing that you can. So the more you say, I can, the more you look for ways to do it, the more you'll find them.
0: I love that you said you can change because I think often we feel like it's black or white, right or wrong. I don't want to make the wrong move. I don't want to quit and regret it. I don't want to take this job and hate it. And so we do nothing and we just stay there miserable because it feels safer than taking the risk. But it sounds like you're saying do something because you can always adjust. It's like a five lane highway. Just pick a lane. You're still moving forward regardless of what lane you're in. And
1: if you want a new Mm -hmm.
0: lane, you can get a new lane
1: such a great <laughs> metaphor. I love that. That's such a great metaphor. And that's exactly it. Like Even when I left my job, I remember my dad saying, what if this doesn't work out? And in my mind, I'm like, obviously, it will work out. But I knew in my mind, I literally said to him, Dad, let's be real. My whole My whole family is in insurance. I was great at my job. I had great relationships. If I ever wanted to go back to it, I would be able to do that. You know, I maybe wouldn't start at the exact same spot where I was, but I could go back. I could do something else. And so if you're in your business and you want to shift, like I used to do life coaching. I never wanted to be called a business coach. I thought that was icky. And I literally did business coaching while calling myself a life coach. And I was like, okay, I can change. It took some time. I had to change my website. I had to change my name. I had to change all these things, but in the end, it was a much better fit. And I like, like I, Can't even imagine if I had stayed doing that. So be curious. Try things on. You might love it. I mean, whoever thought that me at like 25 would love golf. Like I thought that that was a sport for old people, but actually like I love it more than all the other sports that I used to play. So try things on. That's all it takes. Try it on. If you hate it, you don't have to, it's like food. If you hate it, you don't have to eat it again.
0: Yeah. We're not stuck. We're not stuck. Life is fluid, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say has been the hardest Part of your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Mm, that's a really easy one for me. The hardest part for me has been for like lack of support, I would say. I didn't know anybody who was doing what I did. I didn't have any family. And I think a lot at the beginning is people doubting you. So you hear your doubts come out of other people's mouth and that only reinforces the ones that you thought. So now you're like, Oh my goodness everybody else thinks that too. Like, is this really going to happen? Am I crazy to believe that this could be different, that I could do this? And it's not that people don't love and care about you. It's because they do love and care about you, that they're asking you those questions. They're afraid for you. They don't want you to suffer. They don't want something bad to happen to you. So I had to really learn that when people share their fears or their jealousy on you, it's not really about me Four agreements. Amazing book about don't take things personally. It shares that what people are saying is a direct reflection of how they feel. So if they are self-conscious about their bum, they're going to be like, Oh, look at that beautiful person's bum, right? Like you're going to look at other people and pick out the parts that matter to you. And so what they're saying to you is not about you. I think it was really hard not to have any support of people who believed in what I was doing or saw the vision. And not having any specific people like in real life to talk about it with. So it felt really lonely. And then like also like I didn't exactly have a lot of my family support. So not having that is also lonely. I know a lot of my clients like maybe their spouse doubts them or um, their parents or whoever your friends. It's really hard to be doing something that's hard, something that takes a lot of commitment and determination and like not allowing yourself to think that it's not going to work. And then having that bombard you every which way. So it's like you're stuck in this, I I feel like it's like you're in a prison of like if you go outside, people are gonna just like throw doubts at you. But if you're like inside and you're struggling, then it's like like I have no one to talk about this with. Is this normal? How to pull yourself out of because entrepreneurship is a roller coaster ride of emotions, especially at the beginning. And like things are up and then they're down and then they're up and then they're down and then have, can have nobody to help you back up or to have nobody to remind you of what you're great at and that you can do this is, is tough and it's lonely. There's, and like even the celebrations, I remember this like it was yesterday. There was one day I woke up and my Facebook ad was converting at like 30 cents and that was a ridiculous amount of like, like low amount of money for it to convert at. And I was so excited. And I called my best friend and I said, Oh my goodness, my Facebook ad is converting at 30 cents. I even took a photo. She's like, is this a good thing? Or is this a bad thing? Like, I don't know if we're celebrating. I don't know what that means. And I was like, Uh oh, it's a good thing. Can we just be happy about it? Because I'm like really excited. It's like you don't even have anyone to celebrate with, not just with the shitty parts, but the great parts too. You have no one... That really understands what you've been through or how much you work to get there or what it took to get there. They can only see it from the outside. Also, sometimes my friends will say, Oh, everything looks amazing in your business. Like you're doing so well. You're doing all these things. And on the inside, all I want to say to them is like, I'm tired or I'm sad today or something bad happened or I'm disappointed. Something didn't work out, but no one sees that from the outside. And you also. Is not like you can share that all the time. Oh, I'm always upset or I'm always going up and down. You know, So even if you're sharing some of that vulnerability, you're not sharing all of it. And so not having that support system is tough. And that's why I can't create that in real life every day for my clients. But I seriously, that is my main focus is creating a space for them to share the celebrations and brag because for some reason... People don't like it when you brag about the things you're great at or the things that are working. I don't know why that is, but I always tell them, brag away, like please brag about your celebrations. We want to celebrate with you. And then share the things that you're struggling with so that you're not alone in it. And so that happens in my group all pretty much every day. Someone's celebrating and somebody is sharing something that they're struggling with, or a doubt or a fear. Um, so that they have that really solid support system.
0: How did you create that for yourself? It sounds like you've been really intentional with creating it for your clients. How did you create community when you felt like you
1: were alone? I'm not really one of those people who's typically a joiner or a group person. I would not generally join a group. I'm literally not a part of like most people's Facebook groups. I'm a part of like mine and my business coaches. And so, and my clients, of course, but I'm not really a joiner in that way. So I think it, what happened was is I got to a point where I was tired and I was really doubting myself. I had hired this person to help me with my promotion because I was working and I didn't have that much time to focus on some things. So I tried to outsource parts of it. And she came back and just like ripped me to shreds, basically. And I really, truly believed that for a little while because like, she was supposed to be a professional. She ripped my entire business to shreds. And I kept looking at it being like, I am doing so well. I'm helping so many people. Like, how is this so bad? And then I guess it was one day where I was being very quiet on a group call for my business coach. So I was working with a one-to-one coach, but as working with her one-to-one, you also join her group program, which I do in my, um, with my clients too now because of this. And that day, I guess I was being really quiet and I didn't really want to talk about it because who wants to share something that's really upsetting to them on like a group video chat. (laughs) And I like bawled, literally bawled. I was so upset about it. And I didn't even know I was that upset or it was infecting me in that way. But I bawled my eyes out and everyone rallied around me. Like, I can't like, I was really doubting if this was going to work. I was about to put in my resignation at work. My business was like exploding. And this woman ripped it to shreds. So I had to reach out to other people. I was kind of forced into it. And it was good for me to share that because it pulled me out of that. And people reminded me of like, look at what you created. And I needed that reminder. So my business coach created that support system as an example for me. And so I've gone on and created that also for my clients. And I didn't know how important it was. Like even accountability. You need somebody to keep you accountable to share the things that you don't want to show to the world. Yeah. that You don't stay stuck in them, you know, so. I love
0: that. And it's really being intentional about it. Number one, understanding and realizing you need it. And then number two, being intentional about creating that for yourself. So you can have the support you need.
1: Mm -hmm. And I generally would never have created it for myself if I hadn't seen how powerful it was. So I know it doesn't generally work when you tell people to create it, but like, If you don't have that, definitely either just finding somebody in your industry or even that you trust to have accountability calls. What are they trying to work towards and how can you support them in that? And then what are you working towards? Like it doesn't have to be a huge group, but having someone who it's non-negotiable. Like for example, like my accountability partner, I'm on vacation right now and she is coming to meet me in North Carolina for our accountability call. So it's not negotiable. It's like picking your kids up from from school. That's not a negotiable option. You can't reschedule it. You can't say, oh, school, can you just wait an hour? I'm busy right now. So making it intentional and every single, whatever, week or every two weeks and making it a time where you cannot schedule other things.
0: Perfect. What is one thing you do every day that you couldn't live without? That's hard. Um success habit that you know consistently has kept you sane or full of joy or productive or any of it?
1: I I think that one of the things that has been really powerful for me in terms of like learning about myself, building me to be the leader or the expert or the coach that I am is, and it seems really not big when I think about it, but it's been really important is Writing like posting on my Instagram every single day. So it's very rare. I need to be very sick or something needs to be happening in my life that's very important if I don't post something on social media. And it's not like... I'm not really just posting it for other people. I find that it's helped me share what I know, but also share about me. What's going on? What's working? What's not working? what I'm feeling, what I've learned. And it's become more like a journal exercise because I do it at night before I go to bed. And I do it every night before I go to bed. Like I don't do it in the middle of the day or anything. And I don't really... I've tried this, but I can't do it. I don't really schedule. I schedule the like graphics, but I don't schedule what I'm going to say because I can make a graphic and it will connect with whatever's happening in my life at that point. But I think that being consistent, that was the very first thing that I committed to doing every single day. Showing up for those posts every day. And it's like, it's built a very tight knit following for me in terms of like people expect it. Like the days that I don't post, people will say, Oh, like you didn't post anything today. Like I literally wake up and expect to see your post in the morning. So I feel like it's come, it's become like a very ingrained part of my business and it makes me show up as that person every day and helps me share things every day. And so it's really helped my success. I think that most of my, Clients likely come from Instagram. I do ask them and almost all of them say it came from Instagram. So those are where you would see my ads too. So it's it's been an important success habit, I think, for me is writing on social media or writing on my Instagram specifically before I go to bed at night.
0: Awesome. Thank you. What about you? Oh, I have a fairly... Like clear morning routine. And I feel like I get up, I exercise, I drink water, I have my coffee, and then I do my journaling and reading and like my gratitude and um, focus for the day and things like that. And those... like, If I miss it, I feel it. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. That is such a good... Now you made me think of so many things. But yeah, I definitely write in my... I write in a 5-minute journal because I find that that's really tough for me sometimes. It's like share or write. But if Gratitude is so I know people talk about this all the time, but it's so important. I don't think it can be talked about enough. Is like looking for the things that you are grateful for, the things that you have actually like attracts more. So it's not just a practice like for your sanity, but it's also a practice for your business, your life, and what you desire. Um, but yeah, so writing, I write in my five-minute journal about like what I desire, um like a powerful statement about myself, what I'm grateful for, um, what would be amazing if it happened today. Um so having like a practice like that has been certainly amazing, but I also listen to the same audiobook every day. I forgot I did that. But I talk about that a lot. I listen because I think a lot of people with money mindset, it never, like you can never say, my money mindset is great. Like you need to practice it every day. It's like exercise. If you're not working on your money mind, money stories or your money mindset, you're creating more stories. So, I have never really resonated with any of the like, oh, read like the divine like divine the law of divine compensation or any of those like old school books, I would say, uh maybe like older books. So I listen to the same audiobook, like you are a badass at making money, every single day. And I literally just turn it on to like wherever. And like I feel like that's the message I'm supposed to receive today. And it just is like, it reminds you about how it's an abundant world. You can make money. You are a badass. And like, it's just a good reminder. And it's more, I guess, uplifting, less, I don't know, dense, I guess. It's more funny. She tells lots of stories that are like, oh yeah, I don't remember that. Or I didn't notice that when she said it before. So I've been doing that for like almost a year. In April, it will be a year.
0: Awesome. That's an awesome tip. I listened to The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. You can Mm -hmm. get it free on YouTube and it's about a half an hour. And I would listen to that like every single morning, every single day when I was driving the kids to school. And it, it, I mean, that kind of thing, we, we become what we think about. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when you really focus on what you're putting in, it really impacts not just your inner world, but your outer world too. Mm
1: -hmm. It's so true. Like you want to be very conscious about what you're receiving, what you're hearing, because even when you're like unconsciously, you're creating what you think about. So it's definitely a good practice. I never even noticed that, but it's funny that you do that. And I do that.
0: I think that that is a a good one. Exactly. I was going to say, we, we have to take action on the things we know work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So one last question. I did not prepare you for this. So good luck. But I would love to hear with all of your kind of internal reinventing yourself, deciding what you want, making a shift, creating a whole business for yourself. First, you had to learn it and now you're teaching it and you're creating a community. And, you know, life is very different than it was two, three years ago. What would you say is your current life purpose?
1: I think that my life purpose now is to help people not stay in the brainwashed success and the brainwashed life that we've been taught and society has been teaching us is the way to live. Because I, and maybe this is putting my own beliefs on other people, but I just feel like you deserve more time to see the world, enjoy the people that you enjoy, like do things that you enjoy, like you have just this life and do really want to lead it working for somebody else, being told what to do and sitting in a cubicle. One of the biggest things for me was like, I live in Toronto and it's cold half the year. And when it's nice outside, I want to go outside. And I want to enjoy the weather. I want to enjoy the day. If I only get this last day, I want to enjoy it. So I think that my life purpose is to help and empower people to show them that they can create whatever they want. For me, it's an online business. Typically, I help you build an online business and make money at it because I think that's my main focus is making sure they make money. And so that they can live and help more people. I always say like, you can't... Well, other people say this, you can't give from an empty cup. But that includes money. Like, Money isn't evil to make lots of money. It's when you have more money, you have more to give. You have more time to give to other people. You can buy back some of your time by outsourcing things. But if you don't have any money, you can't give that much. If you don't have food, if you don't have a place to live, it's very hard. I mean, people do it and you can still give in other ways, but you can give way more if you have more. So it's not only about just like buying nice things cuz that doesn't excite me. What excites me is to help people get out of situations they don't want to be in and help them to create a new life, a life that they enjoy and also that they're doing things that are in service of the world. Like I always think about how I might not be able to work with 200 million people or a billion people. But if I just help one person, that one person is going to help somebody else, and maybe a lot of people over their lifetime. So when you think about just helping one person, in fact, you are helping thousands and millions of people. So by me helping a couple of people build a business, make money, give back they are also doing that. Like I always say, we're paying it forward. I used to love that. movie, be like, pay it forward. So all that I ask of my clients is that they pay it forward and help other people get out of situations or share their gifts in service of other people. I only work with people who want to help people in some way. It's really why people create products or do anything. It's like, you want to make their lives easier, better, happier, more enjoyable. So thinking about... Helping that one person has really made my day and my life purposeful. That's why I do this podcast. That's why you do the podcast. Like we're doing this in service of other people and that feels good to me. Like that feels like I have a purpose in my life and like that also leaves like a legacy. Like when you create things, when you help people, it's expanding and it makes everyone's life better. Like if we all are happy, imagine what a great world this would be like if we weren't all fighting or unhappy or tired or Underworked or hungry. People get hangry. Like there are tons of starving people in the world. If everyone wasn't hungry, if everyone had a roof, if everyone had food, if everybody felt empowered, imagine the people that feel stuck and like what their gifts could do for the world. Like maybe they're the next person who's going to create, I don't know, some way for us to live on Mars like Elon Musk, right? You don't know who you are helping and where they're going to go in their life and what they are going to help people with. So I just focus on helping one person and they will pay it forward. So that feels purposeful for me. What about you?
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're in very similar um, situations. So uh, I definitely feel like my life's purpose. I feel like I can see people three steps ahead of where they see themselves and I call it out of them. So I pour belief, I empower, and I help people take those steps so they don't stay in a So many people stay in a place they don't like because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I I help pull them out of that so they truly can design their own dream
1: life. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love it. This is exactly what I love about
0: it. Well, I want to say thank you so much for your time today, Tanya. Guys, definitely check out How We Hustle and the wholeheartedbusinesscoach.com. Go to Tanya's Instagram account, hashtag Dreamcast, and let her know what your aha moment was what you learned from her and just thank her for her time today because as she mentioned she lives in Toronto she's actually on vacation in North Carolina on a golf trip and chose to say yes to this interview we went longer than expected because we were just having a great conversation so thank her so much for her time and Tanya thank you for your wisdom your experience Uh, you truly are creating a ripple effect and it's been amazing to hear your story
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening today head over to denisewalsh.com enter your email to subscribe to our list and i'll be sending out an early bird special coupon 50 percent off in fact of the dream life workbook when it is launched in just a few months so if you want to have first dibs let's get your name on that list thanks again i so appreciate you and remember to dream big